Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation and you take it from there. Today we continue our series on what we believe and we are in part eight and part eight is all about the creeds, not Rocky's friend's son's person, but <laughs> the creeds of uh, the church of also what a kind of a statement of belief. And so Everett is wiggling in his seat because he's wanted to talk about the creeds forever. We're just going to let him go. and He's going to talk for 30 minutes. <laughs> just kidding. Um, okay, so the creeds uh, and... Uh, the Apostles' Creed is one of them, and uh, the Nicene Creed is another, and then they had to look it up on YouTube how to say it, Athanasian Creed is Athanasius. Another. Say again? Athanasius. Athanasius. Okay, well, they have an N on the, the end The Creed of, of Athanasius. Athanasian. You're right, Justin. Boom. The Athanasian Creed. <laughs> And uh, which there's, uh, we, uh, you know what, I won't get into that part. All right, so um, I had never heard of the lat- last one. Um, and, and I read it this morning. It was interesting. So anyway, um, so let's talk about uh, what's the purpose? Why do we have, um, we're going to focus on uh, Apostles' Creed and Nicene Creed as far as I think. Uh, we'll talk about the other one. But why do we have two creeds to begin with? What's the point of, uh, let's start with the Apostles' Creed. What's the, what's the purpose of the Apostles' Creed? Anyone? Everett. Everett. Well, Justin. Uh, so there's some thought that the Apostles' Creed um, was developed um, fairly early in the, the church as um, a basic summary of belief about uh, about God, and so it was used at baptism, mm. um, and so um, that it's that it, that it was connected to an early baptismal creed. Okay, is is that why Everett we say I know the answer, but <laughs> is that why we, is that why we say the Apostles' Creed at morning and evening prayer instead of the Nicene Creed? Because it's a reminder of our baptism. Yeah. Is ding, that, ding, ding, and, ding, 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 ding. Tell him what he's won. <laughs> and we also use it at funerals um, because uh, the funeral uh, rite places our hope in, uh, in, in Jesus through our, adoption, through our adoption and baptism. Why do they so call liturgically, it? Go ahead. Why do they call it the Apostles' Creed? Because we are all apostles in... The belief in baptism. Someone help. <laughs> because it's the creed of the apostles. All right. It's it's ancient. Is it, when was it written? That's a good question. <gasps> no mid, one looked that up. Mid one hundreds. <clears throat> yeah, I, I I some I think some people would place it as as early as one hundred, but probably probably later. Uh, as, as Tom said, mid mid one hundreds. It's that's... so post scripture. Then, as far as like New Testament goes, then 
No, before before scripture. What I'm thinking of the Gospels wasn't like Mark written, and I guess I know I understand not all of it, but um, wasn't Mark written in like '96 or something? No, in the mid '50s. Yeah. So, but I'm what I, I guess what he I'm means asking. the assembly of scripture. He thought you meant the co- the com- compilation of. Oh scripture. no, not canonization yeah. of it. Yeah. But the writing of it, it's post the writing of it, but pre gotcha. the. That's what I meant. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, thank, thank you, Tom, for clearing that up for us. Yeah, because yeah, otherwise I would have looked really bad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're bad. <laughs> and um, okay, so the other one is the Nicene Creed. So why the Nicene Creed, and uh, what 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 is the Nicene Creed? Everett, <laughs> come on. Well, so the so the Nicene Creed and 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 correct me if I'm wrong here, Tom, but um, I think it's actually the Nicene Constantinople Creed, and it reflects the culmination of of several ecumenical or worldwide um, councils in which they were sort of debating, you know, who is who is this Jesus person? How is Jesus related to the person that we call? Uh, to, to the God that we call Father, um, where does the Holy Spirit come in on this? And so the Nicene Creed is just means that it, it originated from the Council of Nicaea, later the, the Council of Constantinople and others as they sort of refined and, and, and answered those questions about who Jesus is. Okay, Tom, meaning, and that was in like 300-something? <clears throat> Yes. yes, is my recollection. Yes, excellent. Um, some call it the Nissan Creed. <laughs> That's an internal joke for someone else out there. Um, okay, and so, so let's start with um, who recognizes these creeds. So is um, the Apostles' Creed, is it kind of recognized by um, all Christian denominations? Can you hear me? Yeah, Tom. Okay. Um, I I think that's the important thing to say here, that the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed, the Athanasian Creed are the three creeds that we have that were compiled by the Church Universal before Christianity had the Great Schism or began to split up. Hmm, okay. So if you want to... So during the English Reformation, um, a lot of reformers on the continent of Europe abandoned the creeds because they weren't scripture, but the English church kept them because they said, why should we, essentially, why should we argue so much about doctrine when we have these sufficient statements of doctrine that the whole church agrees on? And before I even left, when I was in the Church of Christ, I even did a class on the Apostles' Creed, and I read it to the whole church adult class, and I said, is there anything in here anyone disagrees with? (laughs) And not a single hand went up, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So it's it to me, that's the beauty of them, that if you didn't grow up with them, you don't recognize, because they were statements of, especially the Nicene Creed was about Christian unity and bringing people together figuring out what we believe, what we all believe. 
as a church. And so it when I first joined the Episcopal Church for the first six weeks, I didn't take communion because I wasn't sure about it, didn't know if I should, what was required. But for me, the highlight of every service was the Nicene Creed because it was the first time in my life that I had had a statement like that. And I standing up with the church and saying, we believe this was our our list, you know, and it was always so hard for me to grab onto before what was essential, what was what was the basic beliefs, you know, and sometimes it seemed like they weren't very deep, but these were, it was, it was really powerful for me to, to say that with a group of, of people. Nice. And, and Tom, uh, I know that in some restoration movements, it was common um, to sort of say no creed, but Christ. And so they were, Yes. Some of them were founded specifically to be anti anti creedal. Yes. What which which is a big mistake, I think. Because what's the purpose, so, what's so the they, purpose so, of that? I mean, why is it just to go against? I mean well obviously yes. I think that if you're talking to your average evangelical or fundamentalist who grew up in those backgrounds, they think they, they're used to approaching faith from a list of, I got to get the truth and know it. So they look at the creeds and they see, and this is something that um, Scott Gunn and Melody Shobe in their book, um, oh, what is it called? Walk, Dang in, it. Love. Walk in Love. Walk in Love, right. Best right. book, the best book for just essentials of Episcopal Anglican belief. We use it for confirmation class here. Really? But okay. they say, I think he's right on the money. Most people outside of the church, they think of the creeds as, it's either just like a laundry list of ideas disconnected from daily life, or like the litmus, tre- litmus test for true believers. Or they think it's just something we should forget about and leave behind, like it's just old-fashioned stuff. They don't get the point of it, you know, which is mm, right. They go on to say it's it's like and I think this was if you could sum up the Nicene the process of the Nicene Creed, it's like a interpretive guide to our reading of scripture. Ooh. You know, it's yeah. like it's like the guardrails. Because they had the scripture, it didn't keep them from being heretics, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, and, and um, there's it wasn't great... due to a lack of available scripture that they were heretics. Go ahead, Everett. Sorry. There's a to that point. There's a great book called um, I can't think of it, but basically it explores it explores the the early heresies, and 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 one of the things the author talks about is is that typically heresy came about because we they overemphasized a portion of scripture, right? So they would sit there and they would read something and they would make it bigger than it was. And so the the, the creeds sort of act as a, a, a re, like in a car like right like a like a, a like a regulator or a governor sits there and 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 so the creeds sort of help us, you know, not um overemphasize one piece of scripture um 
versus right. all the rest. I think guardrail. I like that. I think guardrail is a good. Yeah. Um, so, um, does anyone ever <laughs> call themselves heretics on purpose? Uh, all the time, and especially in the Episcopal Church, because they want to be the rebel. Or yeah, yeah. is oh, that yeah. it? Okay. Because yeah. I was, it's kind of funny. It's like the other guy's always the heretic when it when it's serious. When it's not the um, you know I don't have enough light on me person, right? <laughs> you know, um, and so and, and and I don't mean that as a mean thing. Because I, uh, I I find myself uh, myself. Huh? I just became the Trinity. Um, <laughs> goodness, I can't talk. Talk um, about heresy. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Tom. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, you, you want to be outside the bounds and so you, you, you know, it's cooler to push against. And so that's where my heresy comes from and things like that. Whenever you're talking against something that maybe another denomination, uh, downplays or calls outside of their belief. So, um, okay. So then, uh, um, yeah, one thing I find interesting is that, um, even, I would say in, in some of the mainline denominations, um, you know, I can remember at my great aunt's funeral, she was Methodist and at the funeral, they read the apostles creed. And I can remember the, the Methodist pastor explaining to everyone there that when we said Catholic, we don't mean Roman Catholic, but we mean universal. Right. And, and, and that seems to be a, 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 a in, in certain circles, sort of this anti-Roman Catholic bias is something that seems to trip a lot of people up when they get to that word Catholic. Uh, one, yes, it does mean universal. It means that this is the belief of the whole church. Um, but it's just sort of funny how our biases still, you know, pop up. Absolutely. When I um, So I didn't have creeds growing up. I didn't even know what they were. Um, until I walked into the Episcopal Church, uh, and when I was probably twenty-seven or twenty-eight, and um, and so when I'm reading this, and I I understood that it was an ancient text, um, and uh, sorry, an ancient statement of belief, um, but I also it was confusing because um, as Tom has alluded to, you know, I walked away from a fundamentalist uh, upbringing walked back into, you know, the Episcopal Church, uh, mainline denomination, with my fundamentalism intact. I didn't walk away and learn um, differently. I walked in thinking this is what, you know, Christianity is, and I'm coming back to it. But this one's just different. It's a different denomination. And so in reading through these creeds on Sundays, I mean, I would, I would wrestle with statements. An example being that, you know... Uh, Sorry, I'm reading from the Nicene Creed here. Uh, where'd it go? I just had it picked out. But whatever, we are Catholic. Oh, we believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And somewhere there was a misprint, uh, and I forget where it's at, but it had a capital C for Catholic. I'm sure one of you probably remember where that's at. And, um, and that was just a big thing. It was like, oh, we're not Catholic because... I, my upbringing was that Catholicism was, I don't want to say wrong, but it was whatever, you know, I don't know. It was still the view of pre reformation, you know, with alms and stuff like that. I don't know. It was just a, something that was 
for some reason it's like, oh, that's bad, you know, and it's like, now, wait, what? And so, um, and then what I remember sticking out too was we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I didn't understand and I couldn't grasp that the Episcopal Church recognized my prior baptism. Um, it's just a funny, quirky thing that I remember. And I was thinking, no, wait, I need to be baptized again. And, you know, it's like, no, you don't. It, you, you, you were baptized. That doesn't go away. Um, so there's things like that that you come into when you are introduced to the creed or when I was and that you kind of push back against until they wash over you or someone sits down with you and, you know, helps you understand what it is and where it came from. <clears throat> so what what is uh, have we covered have we already covered what we feel the value of these creeds are kind um, of yeah and I, I and I just I, I think um, to reemphasize I mean I I they are the essentials of the faith I mean that's 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 how the Episcopal Church defines it that that, that if you want to know what we believe you know that this is a, a sufficient statement of faith, um, which, you know, for some people sit there and go, oh, that's so constrictive because I don't believe, I don't believe in this portion or that portion. Um, but really it's, 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 it's expansive um, in, in that, you know, there are, there are, there are things that the Nicene Creed doesn't address, right. Which means that we have the ability uh, and, and freedom to argue and to wrestle with other questions because these are just the core things. And it's it's open for interpretation still because it's still a, a something that was translated, you know, from. The and Greek. a great example of that, Tom, is the filioque clause that's in there. So. In the Western Church, we say that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. The original creed said that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father, and the the Western Church, um, and 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 some people say it's just a, a you know a interpretation different between Greek and Latin. But you know the Western Church was dealing with a particular you know sort of heresy in which they were trying to say. Jesus only sort of appeared to be um, God, and so they were saying, no, he, the Holy Spirit proceeds from both um, as a way of trying to re-emphasize uh, the divinity of Jesus. Um, but the Eastern Church is correct in that the original creed did not have that it proceeds from the Father and the Son. Woo! Party! Just, I... <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> so we, um, the power of the creed is that they were agreed on by the church before the split, you know, when Christianity was all together. And it wasn't as together as um, you may be, it wasn't like a peaceful togetherness, but <laughs> it, it was, uh, they were together. And, uh, but so our the Anglican Communion has voted to, and this sounds like arguing over minutia, but it gets to the point of why we have the creeds. We voted that as we make new prayer books, we're going to leave the filioque 
out for the sake of Christian unity. Hmm. <clears throat> so uh, some parts of the Anglican Communion have, since they made that, it was at a Lambeth conference. It's not a binding agreement, it's just a good faith agreement. But they've, um, there's, I forgot what province it was, but I mean, hypothetically, the next time we have a new prayer book edition, we'll take the filio K out. Even though I would say, does the Holy Spirit proceed, proceed from the Son? Well, I mean, at the resurrection, he said, receive the Holy Spirit, you know? <laughs> but so it seems like he does to me. But, uh, but I, I fully support the heart of it, which is, if we're going to change it, we need to change it together. We need to get with the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church and the Anglicans and the Lutherans and, and have a big old meeting and, and hash it out even if it takes a hundred years, because that's the way they did the Nicene Creed. So do it together. And that's the, also the beauty of it, because it's a we statement, you know. Mm -hmm. we, emphasize, we emphasize that a lot in our churches. Right. That it's okay to struggle with this. It's not necessarily your statement of belief, the Nicene Creed. It's, it's your group's statement of belief. Ah, there you go. Now that's where, okay, good segue. So... Um, that that's a good point because it's we believe, right? And so this is something that is said, um, the Nicene Creed, typically in community. Um, and so uh, my next question for you all, and, and you could just run with this, is, Tom, we can start with you. Do I have to believe? Do I have to believe every statement in this Nicene Creed? Well, as I've said a lot on this, the modern idea of belief is completely different than the idea expressed in the early, in the Greek text right. of when, when you say belief. Okay. So what we're asking, what we're asking for you is, is trust and hope. And um, do you have to believe it the same way you believe two plus two equals four? I'd say no, because you can't believe incomprehensible things that way. So you're, it's more about, will you trust this? Will you put your hope here? You know, will you be in community with people whose trust and hope is this? That's what I would say. That's a great, <laughs> that's a great answer. Um, because I, I, I agree. We don't, um, I mean, even in um, just ministry in general, it's always moving towards this place of where it feels like someone has to, you know, um, cut and dry. This is it. You're there. Um, so uh, Everett and I were chatting before this, and, and the virgin birth came up. So Everett, I'll let you jump in here too. So um, with what Tom just said, where does that stand? And, and um, I mean, I, there's a line in the creed, and I can't remember which one. I remember I wouldn't say it <laughs> when I first came to the Episcopal Church. It's so funny how childish we can get, uh, or how, excuse me, I guess I should say I, sh I could get. Um, and so, um, Everett, do you have to believe, how expand on that? You know, the virgin birth, for example, um, which the line is what, uh, incarnate from the Virgin Mary, right? Right. So, I, you know, I, I one, and I, I, I want to say Catherine Pickstock, but that may not be right. She has this essay. And what she talks about that uh, 
the creed is not a series of sentences as though we're doing check marks. We believe in one God, the Father, you know, and, and, and it just it continues as one long sort of sentence or story. So to, to affirm the creeds or to give to have our hope in the creeds or to trust in the creeds is to trust in this this story or this narrative that has been given to us. Um, and it is not about, do I believe in this portion or this portion or this point or this point? Now, I do think that there are obviously parts that all of us wrestle with from time to time. You yep. Know? <laughs> and... And and first of all, let me say that it's totally it is totally fine to wrestle, to question, and to doubt. That there is nothing wrong with with those. In some traditions, that is that is a source of shame to question or to doubt. And I think that does disservice because I think doubt and questions can actually be fruitful ground for a deeper understanding. You're right. Right. I do think that there is a difference between saying I have problems with this particular thing, but I recognize the church believes it versus, well, nobody really believes that anyways, or, you know, um, oh, well, we really don't, we really don't mean that. And, and, and so I think in our doubt and in our wrestling, we have to have enough tempering of our own ego to say, you know, this is something I am wrestling with while recognizing that the church as a whole affirms it and, and, and believes it. Does that make sense? Yeah. That, that distinction? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something, um, you know, the uh, sorry, I've, I've turned away, but I'm pretty sure that we get to the church somewhere um, along yeah. this outline of faith. And I think that will help. Because that is an understanding that I have never had. Um, you know, faith is, that's where I think that personal relationship with God gets in the way of what is the faith of the church. Um, I don't know if get in the way was a good choice of words, but anyway, I think that makes sense. Um, because, and since I have two priests at my, <laughs> helping me here. What's that phrase in the Eucharist, I think, um, somewhere in liturgy, and it says, disregard our sins, but rely on the faith of the church? Help me out there. What is that line? Regard not our sins, but the faith of your church. There you go. Say it again, please. Regard not our sins, but the faith of your church. That is just like such a boom when I hear that and it's, it's just, I mean, slid in, I don't know where it's at, but it's just slid in there. And, and when you think about that and when you think about the faith of the church and, and, and behind all of this of what we're talking about now is now this is where the creeds kind of light up. This is where, as Tom spoke about is the understanding it's incomprehensible. And so faith and hope are what we have in that. And so if you look at these creeds, instead of sitting down, and, I, I, and, and there are people who do this, and that's fine because that's what those people do. But taking each and every single thing, and, and if you can't put a check mark beside the box in one line, I'm out. And that's what we've 
I feel like it has become in many avenues, just in the same way that if you can't get behind this political policy, you're not this, or you're not voting for this person or something like that. Our world has become, if you can't check all the boxes, then you're out. And that's not it. I mean, that's not what Christianity is or has. I mean, sorry, I keep using these uh, community things. For me, it doesn't feel like that. It's a hope. It's a faith. It's something that we have a little bit of agreement, enough to come together to trust God and one another that we can be the church and move forward. And so, again, these are guardrails, not if you disregard one thing, you're, you walk away from it all. Well, if you most churches founded since the Reformation are take an inherently individualistic approach because right. at the time of their founding that was the dominant philosophy. And their predecessors were there was corrupt and so you go the opposite, yeah. right? You go the complete yeah. opposite when that happens, just like in our <laughs> world. So. There was some corruption, yeah. Some, some, I mean, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Some. But uh in places, some places there was a lot. But <laughs> right. But the uh but Christianity began when people were not radical individuals, and mm. and it could be that that's a problem with Christianity today, that it looks more like Christianity filtered through individualism seems to be kind of an oxymoron, because <laughs> we're... It's not inherently individualistic. You can't say love your neighbor as yourself and strap and pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You know what I mean? Right. It, the, the, those things don't jive. So if you look through the lens of just me, um, that's not the place to start with the creeds, especially because this was these were put together by people who were looking at things from the perspective of the we mm-hmm. a big group of people right with take taking the long view right and and i you know one of the, the weaknesses of the american church is sort of this individualism that you know tom is talking about mixed with congregationalism um and so congregationalism is is that you know sort of each congregation is separate from you know, so so we might fellowship with other people, but but in reality, you know, we're we're independent. You can't really tell us what what to do, and 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 this is not uncommon to hear in the Episcopal Church today. Like, well, at our church, we don't say the creed, or we 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 use another creed, or you know, we leave this part out. Um, and and that is so. I mean that that in my opinion, that feeds into the worst parts of American Christianity, in which really it's it's about it becomes about our feelings, it becomes about me, um, and it's not and it's not about a we, um, as Tom talks about and 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 Justin, you talked about very powerfully about you know, the, the church together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it sort of drives me nuts when, you know, I, I have heard, you know, Episcopal churches who have said, well, 
the creeds, you know, they're a stumbling block and some people really wrestle with them. So we just don't say them on Sunday mornings. One, that's not allowed. Um, but, <laughs> but two, that's, that, that gives into the worst parts of, of missing the point. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Um, so I so will, one um, so so a great a great just oh, well, let's resource. wrap it up there and um, that that actually uh, I just unplugged my headphones so hopefully you can still hear me <laughs> so um, we'll wrap it up there and, and continue with uh, part nine next time thank you all for listening and may the peace of the Lord be always with you thanks for joining us today you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at at fun drain pot we'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics also if you enjoy what we're doing go on to itunes and give us a review please thanks a lot